A lot of people we love are struggling with their faith right now. A lot of people are grasping for truth. Today, we are sharing some simple steps you can take to strengthen your belief in God and build on a foundation of truth that will not let you down. I felt strongly compelled to share this message three times today, and I hope it reaches whomever it needs to reach and that the stories we share today will strengthen your faith like they did mine. Welcome to our podcast from the Stoko household at 9... 9.08. Yeah, 9.08 p.m. Uh, the kiddos are in bed and we are going to chat about a topic that came up three times today. And I, you know, we were tossing some ideas back and forth, what we should, you know, talking about what we should discuss tonight. And I feel like sometimes God gives me messages in threes. Does that ever happen to you? Yeah. All the, I think that that's like, that's like in scripture. Yeah. That's, that's a cool thing. So here's the three ways that it came to me. Number one, I was reading this book, Navigate the Straight. Not like S-T-R-I-G-H-T, but S-T-R-A-I-T, like the Strait of Magellan, like a strait, which is um, described in the book as narrow, like straight and narrow is the way, which really means narrow and narrow is the way. Anyway, so Navigate the Strait, super good book by a really great guy that we know, Brad Smith, who we went to church with, who like the last time I saw him, Brad was walking, talking, eating, laughing joking, being his total normal 100% self. And it's been what, like four, three or four years since we've yeah, seen him. Probably about and that. he's, he has deteriorated through ALS um, pretty quickly. And in the matter of just a few years, he now can't talk. He can't walk. He um, has to dictate through his eyes on an iPad. Like, I don't even know how that works, but he wrote this incredible book that, um, I've been reading. I picked it up today and could not put it down. So anyway, in the beginning of this book, he talks about a concept of, is it true? Meaning is the gospel of Jesus Christ true? So I'm going to get into that in a minute. And then tonight, as I was finishing up an organization project in a closet, that was kind of my weekend project. I was like 97% done. And I just wanted to finish that 3%. So I was doing that tonight as Neil was helping the kids get ready for bed. And I was listening to an old BYU speech and Gary Stevenson talked about the same thing. I'm going to have to share the story that he shared that was super similar to the one in Brad Smith's book. So they were super similar, these two stories. And then when I sat down tonight with Neil to talk about what we were going to discuss for the, tonight's podcast episode, he brought up one of my very favorite talks of all time called Stand Forever. And that was one of the many ideas that we discussed. And I was like, this is it. The Spirit's telling me this is what we've got to talk about. So Tonight's topic is basically going to be, what do you do when you start to lose your faith? And, um, or if you're struggling with your faith or you're struggling to move forward with something that you feel is true and in terms of faith and in terms of belief. And so, um, I guess we are both coming from the perspective of being members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but I think this could be applicable for anyone who's losing their faith in God or in a higher power or in Jesus Christ. Um, there's, these are really trying times. The world is still upside down. Like tonight we were going through some of my old things and Annabelle found 
a gift card for a movie theater. And she was like, mom, can we go to the movies? We haven't been to the movies in forever. And I had to remind her, Annabelle, the movie theaters are not open right now. Like that has to be so hard. I mean, there just are countless people who are out of a job, who their source of income has halted, people who have lost loved ones. It's just, you know, the the trickle effect is on and on. And and everyone in the world is still suffering from this. My parents are over in Spain on yet another lockdown. I have a friend in England who is basically there on a lockdown and we're on a, you know, stay at home order here. And there's just, anyway, it's, it's a hard time for a lot of people. So I think a lot of people have had their faith shaken more than ever in the last year or two. And some people have found this as a faith building time, but I think we've watched a lot of people we love really struggle with their faith. What do you think, Neil? No, I totally agree. I think that there can be, especially when something's like as like chronic and there's not really an end in sight, like that that's guaranteed. It's like, okay, there's things that we can hope for um, in, in a resolution, but there's not like a, Hey, this will be over on this date. So just hang in there and we'll make it. Um, it's, it's really like an, an ongoing thing. And after a while, I think it, it just starts to wear and wear and wear, and it can just, just chip away at your faith, especially when I I think personally, one of the things that I found the most challenging is a lot of the go-to faith building things that I do are yeah. not available. They've been right taken now. away. Yeah. We you know, can't go any, sit in yeah, like a, a regular know, church, a regular everyone there type of a church meeting. Mm-hmm. Or for us, we go to the, you know, the, like the temple as a form of worship as part of what we do. Those are closed right now. Um, and a lot of times like large, you know, you get, you really feel kind of the, I don't know, you, spiritual excitement like and whatnot and strength in numbers. Yeah. Like you go to a big event where everyone's focused on, on feeling the spirit or learning or, you know, celebrating their faith, um, you know, whatever, what have you. And, and not having that and just being isolated is really, really tough. Yeah. I so agree. And I think there just are a lot of people who are hurting and struggling and suffering right now. So I hope this will provide these different stories and ideas will provide some strength to you. So I want to start off with actually the middle of the three different um, signs from God or whatever that you want to call it that told me we needed to talk about this tonight. So this is from that podcast. Um, it Well, yeah, it's a podcast, but it was just a rebroadcast of a BYU speech given by Gary Stevenson. So he says, allow me to share a story to demonstrate this, which is you know, believing that there's power and truth. So he said, four missionaries, a senior couple and two elders serving in Micronesia walked into the only attorney's office on a tiny island on which they were serving. They had a problem. They needed an amendment to a birth certificate for a membership record of a girl in their branch. A branch is like um, a small congregation. Previously, the municipal office had had no sympathy for their request. They had said it would be too hard and it didn't matter anyway, since we all know her and know where she was born. So the city had turned down the missionary's request. It was suggested the missionaries go to the only attorney's office on the island where they met a highly educated and deeply respected man. The missionary sat right across from him at his desk and described their plight to which he replied that within 30 days he would get an amended birth certificate. 
At this point, he stood up and walked around his desk, closed the door to the office, and walked back around his desk, opened his desk drawer, and placed a worn-out Book of Mormon on his desk. Much to their surprise, he then stated, I have been reading your book for more than 20 years, and I know it is true. It was given to me by a fellow student when I was studying in the United States. He handed the book to the missionaries. They each marveled at the marked-up book. I can't join your church because I smoke two to three packs of cigarettes a day. My family would be devastated, and I would likely lose my job. The missionaries replied, we can help, and they did. The teaching was easy because he had already had a testimony of the Book of Mormon. With some time and help, he overcame his smoking habit, which was much harder for him. And although his family was upset, especially his wife, he was baptized just months later on Christmas Day. He began to share stories from the Book of Mormon and hymns of the Restoration with his wife. She, too, gained a testimony, and that two months later, she was baptized. Since then, most of their children have also been baptized, and this attorney has served as a leader in their branch. The Book of Mormon is a miracle, and it brings forth miracles that lead to happiness and lasting joy. I am not aware of another book anywhere else of which Jesus Christ himself testified of its truth. In describing the work Joseph was called to do, the Lord declared, He has translated the book, even that part which I have commanded him. And as your Lord and your God liveth, it is true. So you may or may not believe in the Book of Mormon, but this is this is a story that built my faith, that strengthened my faith when I heard it tonight. And I thought, wow, this is a man who faced some fear and was, you know, nervous to, to marry truth with his action. And yet he, you know, finally, when the time was right, he went forth with that and, and the Lord blessed him. And it was just an amazing story to hear. And I thought, is this the same story as the one that Brad talked about in his book? But it's not quite the same, but it's super similar. So I've got to read this to you too. Um, and this is a shorter one. This is by um, Gordon B. Hinckley, who is one of my heroes. You've heard, if you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard us talk about him, but he, he was the prophet or the president of our church when Neil and I were teenagers. So a lot of the truth and the testimony building that built up in my heart and in my mind came from things that he taught and that he ingrained super deeply in me. So this is a Gordon B. Hinckley a story that I don't think I've ever heard. So he says this, he says, mine has been the opportunity to meet many wonderful men and women in various parts of the world. A few of them have left an indelible impression upon me. One such was a naval officer from Asia, a brilliant young man who had been brought to the United States for advanced training. Some of his associates in the United States Navy, whose behavior had attracted him, shared with him at his request their religious beliefs. He was not a Christian, but he was interested. They told him of the Savior of the world, of Jesus born in Bethlehem, who gave his life for all mankind. They told him of the appearance of God, the eternal father and the resurrected Lord to the boy, Joseph Smith. They spoke of modern prophets. They taught him the gospel of the master. The spirit touched his heart and he was baptized. He was introduced to me just before he was to return to his native land. We spoke of these things. And then I said, your people are not Christians. You come from a land where Christians have had a difficult time. What will happen when you return home? a Christian and more particularly a Mormon Christian. His face clouded and he replied, my family will be disappointed. I suppose they will cast me out. They will regard me as dead. As for my future and my career, I assume that all opportunity will be foreclosed against me. 
I asked, are you willing to pay so great a price for the gospel? His dark eyes moistened by tears shone from his handsome brown face as he answered. It's true, isn't it? Ashamed at having asked the question, I responded, yes, it's true. To which he replied, then what else matters? These are the questions I should like to leave with you this morning. It's true, isn't it? Then what else matters? Our bishop in our last congregation, who's like the leader of the congregation, he used to end his testimony all the time with the statement, it's true. It's all true. And I love that. And I think about it a lot. And I think about how just kind of like, if it's true, then what else matters? You know, I, I that, that line doesn't come to my mind all the time. That's a new thing that I picked up from Brad's book today, but, um, it's true. It's all true. That is something I think about a lot. And so that leads me to the third thing, which was when Neil said to me tonight, Hey, what about the talk stand forever? And that's something that he and I have talked about many times. I've listened to this talk over and over and over, and it has provided so much strength to my testimony in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, in a world where people are continually falling away, continually having their testimonies in God and in Jesus deteriorate and asking questions and questioning like whether they actually ever felt what they thought they felt or if they actually believe specifically in our the church's teachings of, you know, the church that we belong to. And um, is the Book of Mormon actually true? And And so this talk, I feel like just takes it head on and just nails it. So what do you want to pick up from there and kind of talk about your feelings about Stand Forever? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a landmark. It's one of those ones that came out. So there's these, um, basically these kind of devote, they call it a devotional. It's, it's more like a gathering I don't think they're doing them quite so much now with COVID, but you know, every month at BYU, uh, university, Brigham Young University, they'll have a one of the leaders of our church or, you know, somebody else kind of give a, a speech more or less. And so there's a, uh, one of the leaders, his name is Elder Corbridge. By the way, I think they are giving them because I saw on my just, BYU speeches that they're still releasing them. So yeah. Yeah. I saw on my BYU speeches that there's a few recent ones that I haven't listened to. So I think probably since there are students back in session that they probably are doing it somehow virtually yeah. or otherwise. No, but... and I know there was one that was virtual that I listened to. Okay. He's like talking about how there wasn't an audience, but he could still, you know, knew that he was speaking to students. So cool. Yeah. That's something that I really enjoyed when I was a student at BYU that we could hear these. And I mean, it wasn't always, um, members of our church or leaders in our church. One of my very favorite BYU speeches of all time is from Harold Kushner, who is a Jewish rabbi. So, you know, they are just like spiritual leaders or um, people who have really are really specialized in different parts of education or whatever. And so they're really epic speeches that come to BYU. But this one is probably the one that I've listened to more than any other BYU speech that's ever been given. Yeah, this Stand one's forever. awesome. Um, so his name is Lawrence E. Corbridge. Um, so he's one of the leaders of, of our, of our church, but he, um, I, I, it's really powerful just because he talks about finding truth and how do we find that truth and really understanding. I mean, there's, there's, there are questions that I think, um, that, that come up for people, 
that come up for me or things happen that cause questions to arise and like, well, what about this? And um, in particular, different things about your faith. And I think okay. that how these questions are approached will determine the the course of your life and the course of your faith and belief in God. And I think, um, you know, they have the potential if, if asked and sought after the wrong way to lead you away from faith from God and a belief in God. Yeah. He says in here, how do you avoid deception? Like, how do you avoid being pulled away from truth that originally brought you, you know, to come unto Christ? And, um, so to back up exactly what you're saying, where this is where he says it, primary questions and secondary questions begin by answering the primary questions. There are primary questions and there are secondary questions. Answer the primary questions first. Not all questions are equal and not all truths are equal. The primary questions are the most important. Everything else is subordinate. There are only a few primary questions and I will mention four of them. Yeah. No, this is the, that's, I mean, this is exactly what I was going to say is, um, this is what I love about it is if you really focus on, at least for me, the primary questions, and these are the ones that I've asked myself in times of like major challenges, mm-hmm. um, losing a brother to suicide, losing another brother, you know, a couple of years ago, going through a, a massive like life altering challenges. These, these are the, f- the first things that I think of is basically answering these questions, which is first one is. Is there a God who is our father? First primary question. Second one, is Jesus Christ the son of God, the savior of the world? Thirdly, was Joseph Smith a prophet? Fourth, is the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints the kingdom of God on the earth? And so his, his statement is basically like, if you can answer these questions, those are the questions that matter. And in how we go about receiving answers to those questions um, is is really where our faith can come from and, and testimonies can be built. Then once we get those answers, all of the other questions about, you know, whatever it is basically can be answered. Um, if we understand and, and have a, a personal witness or answer to those questions. So that's what I, I, I think is really powerful. And those are the ones that come back to me because I, I think that there's so many different philosophies. There's so many different thought processes. There's so many different beliefs out there. Yep. And, and I think that, um, you know, there, I think there can be kind of a, I don't know, a trend of challenging those beliefs. Like, well, you know, question everything, question this, what about mm-hmm. this? What about that? Um, and, and it almost seems kind of cool. Like if you're smart or if you're, you're, um, like the intellectual kind of approach where it's like, or even just if you're like, you're stupid or you're blindly following, if you're not questioning, which I just disagree with flat out. I totally disagree with that because I think that following by faith, where has that ever led anyone to a more miserable life? Where has it ever done anyone harm to, be closer to God or closer to Christ. I just, so that's hard for me. Um, but this is what Lawrence Corbridge says about, um, questions and like questioning everything. He says, you can't learn the truth by elimination. 
And he says, there's some who are afraid the church may not be true and who spend their time and attention slogging through the swamp of the secondary questions. They mistakenly tried to learn the truth by process of elimination, by attempting to eliminate every doubt. That is always a bad idea. It will never work. Um, and I think that it's like Satan's just so tricky. And I think sometimes he can make people feel like, oh, I'm going to get more smart. I'm going to get more answers. I'm going to get more intellectually empowered by digging through all these little things. And I just feel like, is that making you happy? Is it bringing you joy and peace and the fruits of the spirit? I, and, and this is a hard one for me, I guess, to talk about, because if I'm being totally honest, my, if I'm being totally like, as, as if I'm ever not totally honest, but, um, one of my spiritual gifts is to be a believer. I have always been a believer. I've always believed in Christ from the time that I can remember. So it's not something that I've particularly struggled with my faith in Jesus Christ or in his gospel and in the church that we belong to. Um, but I have watched so many people I love just start to their faith as their faith diminishes. It seems like their happiness and their joy and their peace and their, their confirmation of the meaning of life start to dwindle as well. And that makes me feel so sad. Um, and I just have never seen, I personally have never seen any one of my friends or family, and I've seen many of them fall away from their faith. I've never seen them find an abundance of happiness down that road, down that path. Have you? No, and I, I mean, I think it's a question that Elder Corbridge poses is he's like, where will you go? You know, if, yep. if these are not any references of scripture where, um, you know, one of the apostles or, you know, Christ asked the apostles, you know, will you go away? Like, are you going to, are you going to stay with me? And they say like, where, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Um, and I think of that like, okay, if, if, you know, for some reason your thoughts and your feelings and are taking you away from this path, then where are you? Where is truth? Like where is, and a lot of times I think that that becomes, you know, you kind of just can get lost in that ocean of, of trying to do different things. It's uh, from my experience, and this is just, you know, speaking for me, um, you, I, I can't supplement that spiritual connection with God with something else. Right. Um, I, I can't go to the gym enough or I can't go to an, you know, spend enough time doing some other activity or hanging out with people to an extent where it's going to replace that relationship with God and what I get from it. Um, I can't make enough money to replace that. I, I can't, you know, on and on and on. Um, it basically comes down to like Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Like it's all there. Um, and so seeking another source, there's no way to supplement for, you know, from, from what I've found in my life. about being able to go to the temple and worship there is that all of the worldliness and, you know, 
just chaos and things that rumble around in your mind or in your life or whatever, it all goes away. And the very, very simple truths of the gospel are taught there. Um, simple acts of service are performed there. And it just feels like things are simple. And I've said this before on the podcast and I believe it so much. And I also think of this all the time is that God's ways are simple. Satan loves to confuse things. He loves to make things feel very complicated, very out of control, very chaotic. Like there's so many things to juggle. Like if we look at both of these examples that I heard today, one reading in Brad's book and the other listening to Gary Stevenson's BYU speech, the the common thread is that both of these people faced these seemingly insurmountable challenges of joining our church, which were you're going to have a hard time with your job. Your family's going to reject you. You don't come from a Christian culture. You come from a culture in Asia, which like I have a grandma who's Japanese. I understand, you know, Japanese culture. I understand the, the difficulties of people who make sacrifices to show their faith, to join, you know, the, the faith that they feel called to join. And yet when you look at the simplicity of the gospel, it truly is simple. It's like, come follow me, you know, in our gospel, at least with Jesus Christ, it's like, you come follow me, you're baptized, um, you have faith. Let's see, let's go through them correctly. Faith, baptism, repentance. faith, repentance. Yeah, repentance. Yeah, repentance. No, that's true. Faith, repentance, baptism, the Holy Ghost, and endure to the end, right? It's like five simple steps. And I think that Satan loves to make us feel like, oh, but to be a good member of this church, you have to be perfect in so many ways. There's a laundry list. There's so many things you have to do. And really, it's actually so simple that you promise to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and bear his name and and treat others the way that you would want to be treated and love God. And, and it, these things are simple. It's not super complicated and overwhelming the way Satan loves to make it seem. And that's one of the things that I miss so much about the temple because it really does just boil down to simple truths. And at least, you know, in our church, that's something I love so much about the way that the gospel of Jesus Christ is taught is that these truths are simple and true and real. And, and that's what I love about coming back full circle to the stand forever. And it's all true, isn't it? And, you know, focusing on, I feel like the times that we're supposed to grow the most through our faith are also the times that Satan works extra hard because it's opportunistic, right? It's an opportunity to bring people away from God. And then it's also God's opportunity to help you grow into the next phase of whoever he needs you to be. And that's what I see has happened through a lot of the challenges that I've watched you go through, you know, um, losing Dave or really taking on recovery and doing the 12 steps and leveling up in your spirituality and your sobriety and all of those things. Um, taking on this calling as a seminary teacher, like each of these things, I feel like it's an opportunity for Satan to try to slide in and be like, here's my opportunity. Now I'm going to take him down. You know, and I think we've got to be aware of those times where there's a lot of turning points in our life where it's like, are we going to let Satan like have that little win where he finally slips in at our weak point and brings us down? Or is that where we're going to level up and say, I'm going to meet this challenge and I'm going to 
I'm going to raise raise myself to the level that God trusts me to be able to to achieve because he's giving me this trial. And and those are the opportunities that I think where we really have to see it for exactly what it is. And I don't know if you're going to and I'm trying to create a good like cutoff point if you're not comfortable sharing this, but I think it's people would be fascinated to hear or just amazed. I was amazed to hear that you said a couple weeks ago to me or a week ago that you were like questioning recently, like, should I even be a seminary teacher? <laughs> like, no, I know that's, that was, a question a, that, that was amazing to me that you would even think that <laughs> because Neil is such a gifted and talented teacher. He has passion. He loves teaching the gospel. He loves to share his testimony. So when you said that, I was like, what? Wait, what? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? And part of that too is because when I saw you receive that calling and when I saw your enthusiasm and joy, I was like, this is perfect. This is exactly what Heavenly Father needs Neil to do. And it's he's exactly the teacher that these kids need. And I even posted a little reel on my stories that night. It was like I did one of those little Sunday journals. I need to get back to that because that was fun. But I could even, we could even link to it in the show notes where you can see the joy on your face when you are introducing yourselves to the students that night. And, and I just saw it. I saw it all come together where it was like, yep, this is God's plan. This is exactly what he needs Neil to be doing. So I was super surprised to hear you say that recently you've questioned, like, I'm just going to tell them I can't do this and I'm not cut out for this and I shouldn't be a seminary teacher. Tell me what the heck that was. <laughs> I, well, I think that there's times of self-doubt. I mean, like that creeps in and, and that's a part of, I think there's like just legitimate opposition mm -hmm. to where you're just like, right, like immediately when something good happens or or not even good, but just like there's a responsibility or whatever. An opportunity. There's like this, mm -hmm. this doubt that comes in that it's like, well, dude, you're not good enough. Like you, you don't know enough. You are imperfect. You, you know, all of these doubts and, and things come to mind. And, um, which I mean, legitimately, like when I got the calling, I was, I, and it, it, there, there was no like, oh, I'm trying to be like humble about it, but I'm really excited. I, I legitimately was like, hey, I named like a few people. I'm like, I, there are so many people that would do a way better job than this. And I named a few and they're like, no, we like, we feel like, you know, you're, you're supposed to do this. And so I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there are a lot of times when you, at least for me, like I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm. You know, I'm like, I, this isn't me. I'm not cut out for this. But I think what it, what I've seen in my life is when it's something that is good that God wants me to do, um, that obviously a lot of times it's uncomfortable and requires faith, that as I just do it and and have the faith in him, even though I don't necessarily have the faith in myself, that things work out. And then I'm amazed and like God you know, there's a, there's a phrase that, you know, God doesn't call the qualified. He, he qualifies those who are called basically. That's a and, good one. and he gives you what you need. And it's, and it's, and I think that it's, there's a lot of different scriptural examples of this, but the concept of like, so that there's no question. It's like, look, I know it's not me. If something great happened, I, I'm not patting myself on the back. I know that it was God and this, you know, the spirit, I was merely the instrument and that's it. 
And yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I want to circle back to a thought I had just a minute ago about, um, the number five of those steps endure to the end. I think that is where a lot of us get tripped up too in the endurance part. Cause sometimes it feels like, wow, this is a lot. And this is, um, and I have gone through trials specifically when I was divorced, um, in 2008, 2009, you know, I went through a year of being separated and, and I felt my testimony waver that year. I came out, I start, I started out strong. I was reading the book of Mormon all the time. I was praying. I was trying to stay close to God. And then, you know, Satan really wore me down that year. And when I look back every time my, my faith has been a little shaky or I've lost my footing a little bit. It's super easy to connect that with what my personal religious observation was at the time. And I had a really wise stake president um, who would talk about go pro, pray, read, and obey, or personal religious observation that kind of had like a dual meaning. And anytime that I'm doing those three things, pray, read, and obey, it's pretty easy to stick with my faith and to stick true to the things that I know, um, about my faith and about God and Jesus Christ and prayer and all, all of those things that are like the foundation of my faith. As long as I am praying, reading the scriptures and obeying God's commandments, like it's very hard to get off the path. And, and I feel like when those just few simple things start to slip, then it's very easy to start stumbling down a path that's going to take you to unhappy places. Do you feel the same? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's spiritual actions and like from, you know, the recovery standpoint, what, what would this podcast episode be if I didn't mention recovery? Like I have to mention it like, in every episode. It's like Oakdorf and his airplane. I know. <laughs> what does this have to do with flying? Let me tell you. Um, but no, I, for me, it's, I had a, you know, somebody that a sponsor that I work with, he's really big on spiritual actions. Mm -hmm. He's like, it comes down to which spiritual actions are you taking every day? And, and for me, I recognize the importance of that is that I need to do something that makes me feel close to God. And I, you know, I've used the phrase, you know, feeling the spirit or feeling close to God each day. And so I, I, it's kind of like, you know, it's like food. I can only go so long. Like, yeah, I might be able to get a, a span here or there where I'm okay for a minute, but I don't want to go very long without feeling something of a spiritual nature. So for me, it is those things of reading the scriptures, saying per, the basic things that are just hammered, pray, read your scriptures, you know, be obedient to the commandments, yeah. um, you know, take time to ponder whatever it is, but taking spiritual action for sure. I'm wrong a lot. I have to tell Neil all the time. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I did this wrong. I, I think back on things that I've said or done in the past and I've been super wrong so many times. I feel like we we can all think of those things, probably me more than the average person. There are things that I think back on and I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing or that was stupid or I should have done this differently or whatever. Um, but I'll tell you where I find a super amount of confidence in and that is in my faith and trust in God. And I'm never wrong when I go to those things as my source for truth. And when Neil and I have disputations, <laughs> when we, nice. when we can't agree on something or we struggle or whatever, we can always come back to the same 
you know, the same source of truth every time. And it works every time. There's not a time where we are at odds and we can't come together in our, our belief in God and Jesus Christ and, and find truth within the scriptures, within teachings of, um, our church leaders. Like there is always truth to be found within the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's where I, I am so grateful. Like when really, really hard things happen, when people die, when um, really extenuating circumstances come into our lives that we didn't ask for, or maybe we did ask for, or um, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. I mean, there just are so many things in life that you're like, I don't know what to do. But the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has been my number one, and, and not just the church, but really believing that Jesus is at the head of our church. That's really my true belief. And when I go back to that, and when I go back to my faith in God, it never lets me down. It's never, ever been like, oh, well, that one time it failed me, but all the the rest of the times, I guess it led me to do good things. Like, no, God has never let me down or led me astray. And everything else in my life has a measure of error. And that doesn't matter if it's myself, Neil, uh, my parents who I love so much, but they're flawed too. You know, um, people I admire, people I look up to, books, podcasts, whatever. As There are so many sources of information and um, things that you can be swayed by or influenced by or whatever. But when you focus your truth on God and Jesus Christ, they are not going to let you down. And that is something I find so much comfort and peace in and confidence in that if I'm ever wondering like, oh, what's right here? What should I do? Or or, can we get on the same page? I can go to that source of truth and it's right every time. I just was thinking about, um, and I wish I could remember the exact word that he used, but listening to our church state conference, it's like a kind of a regional conference today. But, um, the president was talking about, um, he, you know, there was a term that he used that it would basically creates a reference point. He's a doctor and he's like, when he does a minimally invasive procedure or whatever, oh, yeah. there's like a certain point that they're like, we know 100% this is truth. Like we are in the correct place. And then from there they can navigate from, you know, whatever they need to do based off of that exact spot. And, um, and it was like he, a reference point or something, yeah, but there was a cooler there term was a for really it. cool term for it. And it's slipping my mind, but, um, but it basically that like God and, and, you know, Jesus Christ are that point. And, and it, I love how in the scriptures, I've read this a lot and especially doing seminary with, with, you know, with these kids going through the book of Mormon, it's promised so many times in scripture um, Jesus Christ says, like, if you build upon my rock, you will not fail. Like it's guaranteed. And I always thought about how powerful that is because there's not a lot of guarantees or absolutes in life um, that that we know of. There's only a few, but to be guaranteed success, that's just such a powerful concept to me. So Christ says that he's like, if you build upon my rock, you build upon the gospel of Jesus Christ, like you cannot fail. Whatever winds and tempests and challenge or whatever comes into your life, you will not be taken out by them. And uh, just how powerful of a promise that is. 
such a powerful promise. And um, I I just want to say one more time too, as far as the pray, read, obey thing, like it's such a, just, that's a winning recipe for bringing faith back into your life in a really <laughs> powerful way. I think sometimes you can feel like I'm too far gone. I'm too far away from God's love or the spirit or feeling, you know, direction or what to do. And I think that's, again, one of Satan's little tricks of like, oh, you're like, you've done too much. You've gone too far. It's been too long. Your scriptures are too dusty. It's been, you know, too many days or months or years since you've prayed. So why even try? I am here to tell you that if you are humble and willing to let God direct you and and come back into your life, that he's just waiting to bless you. He's just waiting to give you direction and faith and peace and all of the things that you need. Um, And that as you turn to him and as you try to let him into your life and take whatever steps you need, baby steps or big steps to let God into your life, that he will bless you immediately and give you peace and comfort and guidance and direction and happiness and joy, like true joy, not cotton candy joy, but like full steak dinner, like full to your core as, you know, joy spilling over (laughs) as full as you can possibly be of all of these fruits of the spirit that we've talked about. So, um, I want to read one last thing and I love this so much. This is from that speech Um, Stand Forever by Elder Corbridge. He says, pay whatever price you must pay, bear whatever burden you must bear, make whatever sacrifice you must make to get and keep in your life the spirit and power of the Holy Ghost. Everything good depends on getting and keeping the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Everything depends on that. And I believe that with all my heart. I believe so strongly in the gospel of Jesus Christ and in my testimony of the restored gospel of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you don't know what church to belong to, if you feel lost, if you feel like you're not sure where to find God, that's where I have found him. And I'm inviting you to find out more about that. If you are looking for somewhere to build your faith, you can go to comeuntochrist.org and learn about what makes us so happy and what I find my confidence in, and that's in God and Jesus Christ. And if you're not looking, but you just want to strengthen what you know is true already, start there. Start in a belief in a higher power or in God or whatever you believe in that has brought you closer to to God and to peace and happiness. And And I believe that there's more good out there than there is bad and that there's more in common in people of faith than there is division. And and that's what I want to leave you with, that if you are feeling lost and alone and far away from God, that He is there and that He wants to bring you back in and that He wants to envelop you in His love. So pay whatever price you must pay to get Him back into your life and He will bless you immediately. I'm just so impressed with that promise. The guaranteeing something, it, it, it just boggles my mind. And But it's totally true. Like, if you build upon the rock of Christ, you will not fall. And I, I think that for me, I've seen that in my life. And there for sure are winds and there are storms. And there are just, there is craziness all around. But being anchored on that in my life is what I've been able to, it's how I've been able to see it through. 
the different storms and there's just some nuts crazy storms happening in the world uh, the further we get along here but having that foundation is everything so that's kind of my thought thanks neil and thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next week thanks so much for listening to mint arrow messages make sure you follow us on instagram at mint arrow subscribe to our apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us and to get show notes go to mintarrow.com slash podcast and you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox and we'll email you every time there's a new episode Thank you.